0: I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish
1: I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you got me. I was busy thinking about boys,
0: boys, boys. I was busy dreaming
1: about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys, boys.
0: Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome to Aya versus the big boys. Tonight's fight, the Matrix. Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Cookman, resident big boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. You are listening to Merrygoround Magazine's first ever Patreon exclusive podcast mini series. As you very much know, uh, we are stuck in a quarantine that was worse than when it started. It's a global <laughs> pandemic that is only getting worse, and we're all working from home. This is a. Oh, God. Anyways, a side effect of that, uh, there's a lot more free time to catch up on media. All shapes and sizes, we all have movies we know we should have seen by now, just haven't. You call it the canon, call it the IMDb Top 250, you corny asshole, or call them the big boys, the pinnacles of cinema, maybe the most explicitly patriarchal, me- artistic medium of all time. No, God damn it, what a fucking month, what a week. Without any further ado, in today's episode and every episode, I am joined by the titular prize fighter herself. Aya Layman. Hey Aya.
2: Okay, so imagine this like I'm Keanu Reeves at an award show when he okay. was like I love movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's why So hold quote. up so hold up
0: so hold up. Instead of you just doing just an impression, you set it up so that we this is like next level actually.
2: I didn't really trust my impression. <laughs>
0: I mean, you've done something better. You've eliminated the need for anyone to ever do an impression ever again.
2: <laughs> all we first. need to do is just Let provide extreme first.
0: context for what the person was doing, where they were, say the quote, and then we'll just imagine the impression in our head.
2: I, I Yes, exactly. I don't, I don't trust my impression enough. Like, I would say that and then you'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> Does Neo say that?
0: Uh, no, I think you, you killed comedy, which I think is maybe the best thing you could do. I think that's a good thing. I don't think that's right a bad now.
2: thing at this point.
0: Yeah, this. I mean, we're like 30 seconds into this pod, and I think you've, like, fixed the world. <laughs> <laughs> Aya, how you doing? And why the fuck didn't we do an episode last week, bro?
2: Kevin, I don't know if it was just me, but last week was very bad. Would you agree? Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I mean, yeah, last week was, was fairly bad.
2: Mercury's in retrograde. You know, what happened
0: to you, dude? My laptop You didn't want to died. watch a movie?
2: No, I didn't. <laughs> Let me tell you that, chief. No. My laptop died. Uh, you know, things were just kind of bad. Uh, we were planning a big bake sale. We raised uh, money for the bail project. So that was and- kind of consuming. <laughs>
0: And by we, you mean you and your wonderful roommate, Kelsey, not me. I had nothing not to do Kevin with Cookman. amazing thing you did. My roommate, Sorry.
2: Kelsey. <laughs> um, I just say we now, like my, she's my wife. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a very long, it was a stressful week. And let me tell you, sometimes you just don't want to talk about a gashed down movie, especially not a gashed down movie that you feel is made for men. I, you were doing an accent earlier and I was like, no accents on this podcast. And then I started doing an accent and I take it back. <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I mean, go. Uh, what's that? It's called like the Mid Atlantic. That was something. a very
2: strong Mid Atlantic. Um, oh hell accent. yeah, hell yeah, I got it.
0: I know the terms. Catherine
2: Hepburn uh, is shaking.
0: <laughs> I think we set it up pretty well in our last episode too. That given the state of the world, looking at a screen is very much uh, one of the last things we want to fucking do with our lives right now. Absolutely. And so, fuck it. We took a breather.
2: We took Who a cares? breather.
0: We, uh, we went sleeping into our own dream worlds, baby. Baby. And now we're here. We've awoken. We are finally Uh-oh. seeing the world Uh-oh. for what it
2: is. He's bringing it back around. It's the segue of all segues. Woo.
0: Aya Lehman. Yeah. You had never seen the Wachowski siblings Matrix. I had never, never. seen Matrix. No. You had never seen the Matrix despite, despite being la county's number one horny con- uh, oh god keanu i almost said kanye uh, keanu oh, stan yeah, no
2: i'm not actually la county's number one horny keanu stan i will say that i feel like that's a really important and it's not like she listens to this podcast but there is someone hornier for keanu than me <laughs> oh wow skystone who does not listen to this podcast is hornier for <laughs> keanu than, she, than i am and Damn, I just guy doesn't
0: listen? That's cold.
2: That's it's it's savage, brother, but you know I've come to live with it. Um, <laughs> no. But I would feel ill knowing that knowing that I had not defended her title. I am very horny for Keanu, don't get me wrong. Very H-word for Keanu. But uh no, there someone else has that champion championship. Holds well, the title. Aya, uh, uh, we
0: are here uh we have seen many movies for this pod. And we've gotten to a point where we're kind of in a flow state. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no real reason to go into a big, like, oh, we should get a mob movie in. Oh, and let's talk about, like, a 90s movie. And then maybe let's go to an 80s. Like, at this point, we're just going with your flow of what you want to engage with. And I guess what I'm very curious about is we took a week off. We are in a moment where we don't want to watch screens.
2: No.
0: Basically... You you chose the Matrix. I did. You wanted to watch this movie, which wanting to watch a movie right now is a very tall order. Here's the situation. I, tell me the situation. Why did you want to watch the Matrix? Um,
2: now, well, one, I live with young Ms. Kelsey Adams, who is a Matrix stan, and if you were listened to the uh, podcast episode where I spoke with my friends about their big boys, Kelsey picked the Matrix. So it's been on my mind, but the actual reason why I decided I wanted to watch it and why I felt it was the time to watch it is because my mother, actually, I don't even hold number two horny Keanu stand because my mom is very horny for Keanu.
0: Represent, represent.
2: And she, uh, she requested, I went to go visit her a few weeks ago and she requested that we watch Speed. So I went to... Uh, plug, Video Tech in South Pasadena, everyone's favorite local rental store. And I picked up Speed for my mother, and I watched that with her. And um, let me tell you, that, whew, it may take the cake for hottest Keanu performance, in my humble opinion. Fortunately, he is playing a cop, I will say that. But he is very hot in that movie. And so I watched Speed, and I was like, I, I need more Keanu. I, I can't get enough of this guy. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I do have to watch a movie this week and we got a Keanu one ready to go.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> so it's, it's the Keanu attraction. that It's, brings it's all,
2: the it's 100%. Actually. Also, we watched boys in the hood last week and Lawrence Fishburne was very hot in that. And so I was like some Lawrence, some Keanu, sorry, some Larry, some Keanu. Let's do it.
0: Larry Fishburne's run is in the late 80s into early 90s is otherworldly. There is no actor that truly had the range that Larry Fishburne did. That dude was so fucking hot and so tapped in to every goddamn role. Larry Fishburne, not only King of New York, Abel Ferrara, incredible film. Mm -hmm. This is Cowboy Curtis. cow. Boy, Curtis, I did you grow up watching Pee-wee's Playhouse? I did not know. Oh, how you missed out. How you missed out. I know. In Pee-wee's Playhouse, the seminal children's television program that ran through the uh, early 90s, -hmm. some of the late 80s, Mm -hmm. Lawrence Fishburne plays a cowboy (laughs) that comes into the playhouse and does magic tricks (gasps) with his lasso. I'm in. He has a long curly perm.
2: God, yes.
0: It is terrific and to s- to see him in the Matrix. So bald. So much skin. That's it took a me back once again.
2: Is he in uh is he in Pee-wee's Big Adventure?
0: Uh, he's not. No, none <gasps> of the Playhouse characters are in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Very Shameful. Controversial. <laughs> Very controversial. Yay hate
2: to see it, folks.
0: God. I mean we're talking about these dudes. We're talking about these actors who had huge prominence in the 90s. This isn't the first time we are ever really talking about Keanu on the pod. Because mm-hmm. I, I think we've he've, we brought him up, but I don't think he's ever been one, in one of the movies, right?
2: No, no. It's our first Keanu flick. We've discussed I, what, him because of Point Break, yeah. that's why.
0: Oh, of course. Of course. Which is the better heat. Aya, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm a guy who likes Keanu. Mm-hmm. I think he's cool. Mm-hmm. I not in the obsessive range that I would like to be. Mm -hmm. Aya, can you sell me on Keanu Reeves? Why is there a cult of Keanu?
2: (laughs) I am aghast at this question. I am livid that I did not have any, any prep time to present. you had your whole
0: life to prep
2: for this. I actually am so ready for this. I, Okay. I mean, do you want this to be the whole episode? Because it will be the whole episode if I talk about Keanu
0: Reeves. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, (laughs) we could try to talk about The Matrix. The thing is that I think we're both in the same place where we kind of don't give a shit about a lot of what happens in The Matrix. Not in a way that I I don't think we dislike the movie. I just think it's not our type of movie. Am I wrong? You are
2: 100% correct.
0: Okay. All right. Because it's just like... I'm personally not a big fantasy guy. And I think when sci-fi gets this level of deep lore, it gets to an area of pure, uh, like, uh, I don't want to say whimsy, per se, because it's not exactly <laughs> the right tenor, but it is very, like... I, I noticed an IMDb trivia point where they... Someone tracked how many questions Neo asks throughout The Matrix. And for the first half of the movie, apparently he asks about one question per minute. <gasps> And, baby, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that shit so much. Like, I, I when we were talking about it, Aya, when we were watching the movie, uh, I had brought up that it kind of reminds me of The Princess Bride in a big way, where it's like, okay, I see where this is coming from. This is like uh, a, a director, in this case two directors, going back into their Rolodex of influences, which is Kung Fu Cinema, uh, like, cyberpunk role-playing games and just, like, insane, more Hong Kong cinema and then, like, hackers and everything that had to do with the PlayStation and siphon filter <laughs> and going, like, okay, we love all this shit. Let's make this into essentially a Homeric biblical epic that is just the most broad strokes... Rorschach test. I think this is really similar to alien as well. Mm -hmm. in that like, you can go into this and I think what I get out of uh, the matrix is like, okay, that was a dope action movie with some ideas.
2: Like
0: (laughs) I'm cool with it on the surface, but I understand that you can get real deep into this movie and live in it. If you choose to, if the approach in which it communicates to you really like speaks to you on that wavelength, but I am not on the wavelengths to really care about that much deep lore. I I know you are public enemy number one to all deep lore. I hate lore not. so much. You hate lore so fucking much. Tell me about your experience so watching much. The Matrix, one of the loriest movies I could ever name.
2: Uh Yeah, it really struck me about halfway through where I was like, oh, this is just not... For me. Which is fine. Like I understand why it's not. And I respect it as a sci-fi film. And I respect it as an action film. And I respect it as a Keanu Reeves vehicle. Um, But. I had a thought. Oh I. Uh, my response to The Matrix basically was that. Video of Jenny Slate. I think from Junk History. Where she says. I had to unfollow NASA on Instagram. Because it was making me too crazy. <laughs> that is exactly how I <laughs> felt during The Matrix. When it was like. You know, that's exactly that. I had to try, Like, I felt like I wanted to turn off the Matrix because it was making me too crazy. Like, I don't like... I have a really hard time with space. <laughs> this,
1: oh this
2: episode God. is going to be so much more chaotic than you ever thought it would be because of two things. I am obsessed with Keanu Reeves and I don't like to think about reality. <laughs> 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 like, I guess... <laughs> I hate All right, I'm
0: changing my entire game plan for this now. I'm going to fuck this whole shit up. I
2: hate space so much. And this film reminded me of why I hate space so much because I am very I have always my whole life struggled with the concept of existing on this mortal plane. Like as a child, I'm not kidding, like a child, like I'm eight years old, nine years old. I would lie awake in bed at at night for hours, spiraling, thinking about like existence, death, birth, rebirth, the concept of heaven and hell. Like I would just spiral thinking about like what will happen to my soul slash being when I perish. And I would just lie there physically. And it happened to me. I remember what, there was one year. It happened to me every time I watched a movie in theaters. I would physically, like, my body would freeze up, tense up. I couldn't move. I was paralyzed with fear, realizing that what, like, I know that we all know one day we will die, but your, the way that your body's fight or flight reflex responds to that when you truly consider Every factor of your own death is very scary. And it happened to me every time I was in a movie theater for a year.
0: Jesus. How and old were you?
2: That was when I was like 24. Okay. But right. when I was younger, it happened to me, it would happen to me maybe like every few months, where I would wake up at three in the morning, and it still happens to me, honestly. <laughs> every but I'm better at like like better at like fix like like handling it now, where I would just lie there and consider my own mortality in a way that was too literal. And this film, watching this film, it brought me... Like I, I, I started to feel those sensations, and I was like, we're not going there right now. <laughs> Which is why I cannot think about space, because I think about... It contextualizes everything too much. Like, it makes me remember, like, how small and inconsequential I am, which usually that level of nihilism is a very relaxing, like, anti-anxiety situation for me. Like, that's really, like, what I used to soothe myself is this is very inconsequential. You are tiny in in the scheme of the world. But when I start to think about the scheme of space and I'm like, there's so much we don't know. It disturbs me to a point where I feel sick and there have been times where my father has started talking about space and I have had to say, "Mitchell, we're not talking about space. We must continue the conversation. I will not discuss space with you." I do not like to talk about talk about space. I do not do not like to talk about the concept of our reality being a simulation. Because the level to which I have considered my own existence slash mortality is so high that I like, like that factor true. I cannot, I can't handle it. I cannot handle the idea of living in a simulation, which is the plot of the matrix that we are in a simulation.
0: So wait, so what do you resort to otherwise then? Like if, when you start thinking about that, (laughs) where do where does your mind go instead?
2: At this point, I'm just good at being kind of like, we're not doing this right now. Do you know what I mean?
0: I see. Okay. It's
2: it's really like, <laughs> Taylor Swift said this in her film, Miss Americana, when she Jesus was discussing Christ. her eating disorder. She was like, we're not going to do that right now. And I was like, I don't know if that's really helpful. And then I've started to do it where I'm like, we're just not going to do that right now. Like, I need to think about something so petty. I think almost it's this, right? I start to think about things that are so petty that I I am dragged ba- d- back down to this earth. Like, I think about something some bitch said to me 10 years ago, and I'm like, never mind. I simply have to exist in this mortal coil so I can fuck her shit up one day. <laughs> so- Yo, all our, is- all
0: our homies hate nihilism, fuck nihilism. We're all here creating our own absurd reasons for existence.
2: <laughs> exactly. So- Here's the
0: thing. I think the Matrix is on your side, though. Like, I don't think it's like- a main spoken upon proponent but I think one of the big things that sticks out to me is uh, when it's very early in the movie when Neo has the wake up moment mm-hmm. and the com- his computer is talking to him uh, and he gets the friends at the door who are I forget what he Neo deals in this movie it's like but software it's t- I think so. It's like two thousand a piece. Yeah. Um. But he stores all the software in. I mean, and this is maybe the most blunt scene of the whole movie because once he completes the deal, he goes. Uh, the guy who gets the software goes. You're my savior, dude. My own personal Jesus Christ. And I'm like, oh no. There it is. This is what this movie's <laughs> gonna be. Oh god. <laughs> but I do think the interesting part about that scene, though, is that uh, Neo takes like the bootleg software out from uh, a book. That he has on his shelf Which is simulations in Samakra, And the chapter that he opens up That he has specifically caved out That's like He has ripped out all the chapters and pages Of the chapter on nihilism And it's like yo We don't fuck with that here That th- We don't care about those chapters We'll keep our software in here to keep going We're, wow. we're gonna create Which in a weird way Like almost a defense of the matrix You know <laughs> Like okay I mean if we're gonna not go with nihilism, then maybe we stay in this. I have a lot of problems with the Matrix itself as a program. We'll get to that later. Uh, Aya, why does the Matrix make you think about space?
2: No, I'm just comparing the two sensations. I'm comparing the two sensations of, like, why I cannot think about space and why I can Because it is these two massive, unknowable things. Yeah. And there's, like, so many details that are all encompassing and crushing and like reminding me how vastly unimportant i am and existence is and how it could end in a second and i just can't i don't like that i just i can't i can't handle it as we have discussed can we talk about keanu again please <laughs> <laughs> i want to pitch you on keanu i'm ready <laughs> uh
0: okay all right she's prepped it in her mind folks um it's Tell not me. that I
2: don't like nihilism. I think I I think the reason I have a problem with The Matrix is because I do like nihilism. I, like, strongly favor nihilism. I don't want to believe that I am important, you know? Like, even though the, yeah. it's soul-crushing to me in the middle of the night that, like, everything is just kind of happening, you know? It do you also... find
0: solace in, in, in the idea that you may be the one?
2: No! Like, I yeah, hate Yeah, me that neither. Shit.
0: That scares the shit out like, of me. Like,
2: I don't want to be involved, you know? Like, I, I was joking with Kelsey about how I was like, no, no, I shall pick the blue pill. Unfortunately, <laughs> she corrected me and said, no, you would take the red pill and then regret it. Which I think is even worse. Like, that's worse. Like, I wish I could take the red pill and be like, yes, I'm happy with this choice. I wish I could take the blue pill and be like, yes, I'm happy with this choice. But I know I would take the red pill and be like, fuck, I hate that I did this. This sucks shit.
0: I'd be so upset that, like, I I decorated my room in the Matrix. Like, I had, like, I decked out this computer. I had my whole, like, tape collection I'd be very upset if I got yanked out of that, to be honest. You have
2: to save humanity. And I'm like, do I? (laughs) It seems (laughs) like everything's chilling out just fine. I don't know. I, I do take, I think when you ask, like, what comforts you, I think nihilism is what comforts me. It's simultaneously this, like, weird, like, obsession with petty things because I'm like, all I have is the weird, petty things. Ultimately, nothing matters. But if I'm going to keep, so I'm going to keep chugging because nothing matters. Existence is easier because nothing matters. It takes the pressure off, which is why I do not want to be the one. I do not want to know that this world is a simulation. This shit's a simulation? Good. Fine. Kill me at the end. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Kelsey has continually noted that, like, she feels I would take the red pill because I feel strongly about like causes that are happening right now. Like I I have gone out and protested. I am doing everything in my personal power to like raise money, like spread awareness, talk, like discuss, like, like, and, and Kelsey feels strongly that you, if you take the red pill, you would be happy to defund the police and like get involved with that. And I'm like, that's all true because that is very tangible and real. And I feel like life can continue, but life can also be so much better because it is right in front of me and it is tangible and it is, it is policy change. It is like, it is a community situation. It is like, there are so many people who are aware of this and it is in our reach, at least, at least some progress is, you know, and it is teamwork and it is decades of work. But discovering that the world that I live in is a simulation, and I must do something that I kind of didn't pick up on because I was my brain was not processing the main thing—it's just too much for me. It's too much. I want it. Here's what I do want: I want to talk about Keanu Reeves as a st- as a movie star.
0: Please, please, I want to know what you think about Keanu Reeves as a movie star. This Matrix comes out 1999, uh, the end of a very, very powerful decade for Mr. Reeves.
2: For Mr. Reeves, I mean, you got Speed, you got Point Break, you got uh, many other, but my own private Idaho, am I correct? Like, you've got some powerhouses for Mr. Keanu Reeves. I mean, was Parenthood was the 80s, I think, right? Was Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted, 80s or 90s? 90s, right? Uh,
0: Bill and Ted is, I think, 89 or 88.
2: Mm. What?
0: Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I think, is the
2: 90s. I've never seen the second one. Um, me neither. I love the first one; was really fun. My mom showed me when I was like pretty young, and I remember being like. I like this. <laughs> Anyways.
0: Right? Like it had that fun energy that was like, oh, this is like if uh like a Nickelodeon sitcom could let loose a little bit more. Yes. Like if if they could be like a little naughty.
2: And one of them was a little hot. A little hottie. Um, I remember my parents making me watch Parenthood when I was little and being like, this guy is very cute. I was not particularly into Keanu until very recently when my friend Sky Stone, resident horny captain of the Keanu team, um, she decided realized that she had a very strong passion for Keanu. And so we started watching just so many of his movies. I've seen and I haven't even, like, as you know, I had not seen The Matrix. I did not see the, his biggest movie of all time.
0: What did she show you?
2: We just watched the most random shit. Like, we watched, I mean, we watched Point Break, which is the only film I've, actually, no, The Devil Wars Prada. Devil Wars Prada and Point Break are the only films that I've ever watched the entirety of, gotten to the end and said, I'm going to watch this again right now.
0: <laughs> Hell fucking yeah.
2: Um, we watched The Replacements. Which is a football movie? He's in a lot of sports movies. Do you realize really? that he's in a he's in their placements where he plays a football coach, a football player. He's in this other film that I've forgotten the name of, where he teach he's a baseball coach to like a bunch of like inner city youths, and it's very. Speed. He he
0: did one of those. He
2: did one of those. It's it's pretty. It's okay. It's not my favorite. Um uh,
0: C- coach Carter is what you're thinking of.
2: That's what it it's was not. I'm kidding. That's okay. I was like, wait a second. Wait, no, I was like, yeah, we watched. Oh, we watched The Lake House, which I love. The Lake House is so fun. It's so bad, but it's really fun. Uh, I love Sandra Bullock. I'll watch literally anything she does. Um, Yeah, so we just like, I don't even remember. Like, it was just like, oh, we watched Sweet November. Have you seen Sweet November? I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. No one knows what Sweet November is, but it is the film that we have watched multiple times because they're obsessed with it. I think it's kind of what's like, it It really initiated the Keanu spiral. Like he was one of the first ones. It is Keanu Reeves. It is Charlize Theron. Charlize is dying and she has cancer. And so for a month, every month she has a guy move in to her apartment with her and is like her live-in boyfriend. And at the end of the month, she kicks him out and she's done with him. Yeah, because she well, she's like, I'm dying. I can't have any long-term partnerships. But of course she brings Someone in- responsible. She brings in Keanu Reeves. And also she or like another thing is that she has to fix them. Like Keanu is like an advertising guy. He's writing a commercial for hot dogs. He's like, hot, hot dogs. And um ultimately she brings she takes him in so she can fix him, but also fuck him. Like it's very sexy. And at the end of the film, of course, Enya's only time is playing and they realize that they're in love with each other. Spoiler alert for Sweet November, but Sweet November is so absurd. It is definitely worth watching if you like are into Keanu. He looks hot in it. Um, That was, yeah. So we just watched a bunch of movies of his. They started a podcast. It was short-lived, but I loved it. Um, And yeah, then it was like, that was in 2018. And then like a year later, he had the whole thing where like, everyone saw John Mc3 Everyone saw, uh, he was in, um, Destination Wedding. He was in Always Be My Maybe, which he looks very hot in. I love Keanu so much. I love that he, he's perfect for Neo because he, I, like, you look at him and you're like, I'm not mad that he is the one because he is mixed race, my mixed king. Hell yeah. Um, he looks like the future looks, I mean, to me, I'm a mixed race person. I'm always like the future looks mixed race, (laughs) but, um, he he looks like the future looks. He is so charismatic, even when he's like... Do you think Keanu's a good actor?
0: Oh, I think so, for sure. Like, I'm not in that camp where it's like, oh, he looks cute, but he's such a shitty fucking actor. Like, I think that's such a bad take.
2: It's a, it's, I, it's I, a bad take.
0: A horrible take. I think he invests so much of his persona... To every role Like he's kind of like A sleepier Cary Grant In a big way to me Okay Where it's just There's a big Speak Like you that. know The exact performance That you're going to get From Keanu But it's gonna have A little tinge Just based on What scenario You put him in Like Cary Grant To catch a thief Oh cool We're kind of like Swashbuckling almost Hitchcock shenanigans But then you've got Like bringing up baby Where he's falling oh, on so his cool. ass And putting on dresses And running into leopards Where it's like Okay this man, super versatile throughout every single decade. He can do whatever we like, whatever he wants, and we will like it, and a part of us will always expect to like it. Yes. And I think Keanu brings that exact same energy and expectation.
2: I totally agree. I think there are times where you're just kind of like, I think there's some line deliveries where I'm just kind of like, my throat catches where you're just like, oh, that wasn't great, Keanu. Like in, po- in Point Break, you get a couple of those. Um, he was great in speed. I mean, I really think that like
0: speed is so fucking hard. Oh my God. I feel like
2: there's a part of his draw is that he is a little corny, which is like what makes him work in these kind of corny movies. I mean, like no shade to like the matrix is not corny, but like, I mean, you're consuming Eh. this and you're like, this could be very corny, but because Keanu is in it and he's kind of like, it's, it's the same. it's the same strength Orlando Bloom brings to his films.
0: Holy fuck.
2: <laughs> it's the same, and I've been thinking about this so much. This is a mad spiral. Bloom overpraise. <laughs> going to spiral. I and I'm not saying Orlando Bloom is great. I'm saying that they're his roles, especially like Will Turner and Legolas, could not be played by many other actors. What he brings to them is this level of corniness and and a little bit of like like, looking at the camera and being like, right. That makes it such a... Like, I, my, the reason I've been thinking about this is because my one of my faves who I ride or die for is Tom Hiddleston. And he auditioned to play Will Turner in, in Pirates of the Caribbean. And as much as I love Tom, I would have loved that... I would love to see Tom as Will Turner. He couldn't do it. He'd be a good Norrington. He could not do Will Turner. And I was like, Orlando Bloom, he he's a little melodramatic which is what makes... It it endears you to Will Turner. It's what endears you to Legolas, is that they're a little over the top. They're a little too pretty, and they're a little over the top. And Tom could not do that. He'd be too sincere, and you'd be like, this is lame. You know? Keanu brings this level of, like, a little bit of corniness, and a little bit of, like... I can't even... Like, he was such an ingenue, I feel. And he brings that level of, like, ingenuity to... Like two point break, two speed, to the matrix, where he's like, he's all in. And I think that's why people love John Wick so much. He's he is giving it everything. But there's like a limit to how much he can give, which makes you enjoy it even more because you're just like, God, that's my guy. Like, even if you don't even know who Keanu is, you're watching it and you're just like, oh, this is my fucking guy. Like, there's always something in his performances. I feel like that is lacking is the wrong phrase, but it's kind of what I'm going for, that that endears you to him as a star. In Speed, it's just like this... It's it's like that movie shouldn't work. That movie should not work, but Keanu is so game for it that it does. At Point Break, that movie is so melodramatic, but like they are so perfect in that movie, him and, and Patrick Swayze, because they are both just kind of like... Especially Keanu... Is just so like he's like, damn it! Don't you want to do this? And you're like, ah, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, caught my first tube today, sir. Like, ah, <laughs> ah, there's, there's, I, I guess it's like, it's, I don't know. It's like the what, he's yeah. like, he almost is like a Troy Bolton to me, where like you're you you see him in everything he does. And you, see, you can see him trying in everything he does, and that's why you love him, is because he, you can tell he's trying, and it fucking works.
0: I mean, this is going to sound like a diss, but I think it's the highest of praise for me. I think Keanu reminds me a lot of Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. where I think these are two actors that are a lot like Paprika, where you can very easily misuse paprika in your recipes. You can make something taste completely shitty by adding paprika. Mm -hmm. But if you pair these motherfuckers up with top chefs and they know exactly when the taste of paprika will hit best, baby, you're getting something out of this world. And I think what's key to all these Keanu performances that you're bringing up and something that really hit me about The Matrix is that it always feels like the directors that want to work with Keanu know every one of his strengths and are excited to work with him you know like there's something i in the matrix when uh neo wakes up and goes i know kung fu it is you can like yes it's hilarious and it feels so out of place But you can feel the Wachowskis behind the camera going, "Oh fuck yeah! I can't believe we just did that!" (laughs) Like you can tell that the movie gets like giddy and excited because even after that, you get into the whole dojo uh, training sequence that is very bizarre and like very like out of this world in terms of like what this movie has been up until this point. But what you do sense. Is a team of filmmakers and a team of actors. Like Larry Fishburne and Keanu, are very clearly doing their own stunts. They train for four months before getting into uh, the production of this movie, and it just—that's when the movie starts having a lot more fun, openly with itself, and it invites you on it on the initial viewing to come in and embrace the insanity that is going to be uh, whatever goes. What we're gonna do, whatever we want in this movie, essentially. Uh, It's like in a big way, like kind of what I always found was lacking from like Inception, which I mean, the laundry list of shit that stole from the Matrix just wholesale is (laughs) eternally long. Uh, And Inception was the big one that kept coming back to me. Where It's like, okay, uh, dreamscapes are like these big uh, industrialized gray nightmares. Uh, And no, that's Michael Mann as well. Uh, And it's like, I get it. On a, a pure thematic level, it it the movie's kind of boring to look at for most of the time. As a is a is it you know a, a payoff because of it, um, but the thing is that, who, dude, fuck colors and fuck good looking frames. You got Keanu, baby. You got Keanu. You're watching baby. him have the time of his fucking life from beginning to end, and it's just there's a level of commitment there that he's giving to the Wachowskis a level of commitment that the Wachowskis are giving to keanu and it's just like super symbiotic it is a good feeling movie like it's it it feels like a comforter you know like i kind of choose just because of the type of movie it is it veers a little too far into sort of fantasy leanings for me to fully embrace but there is something to the matrix where i understand oh yeah you can tuck yourself in real tight to this thing and like if you want cover your head and like turn on a flashlight and just live in your comforter. And (laughs) you know, it's like with, with pieces of media like that, not exactly for me most of the time, unless it's something like that really hits one of my sub niches, but I don't know. I I just always want to, I think a big part that goes into why the matrix feels like such a blanket feeling movie is because of how committed Keanu is to it. And, like, it's never, like, a half-ironic performance, either. Like, it's never, like, a wink-wink, nod-nod, look what I'm doing for you. Like, what Sylvester Stallone ended ended up doing. Like, it's not that action performance. It is, like, a full steam-ahead earnestness that I think makes the movie more than people want to give him credit for.
2: I agree. I think he's such a... He's, like, a classic movie star to me. I feel... I think about, you know old school movie stars where you watch them in these movies and it's not like, like I, I, like he's a movie star in the way Tom Cruise is a movie star where it's always Tom Cruise as someone. And that is a draw. And I feel like that could not yeah. be a draw. It's Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt in mission impossible. It's Keanu Reeves as Neo in the matrix. It's Keanu Reeves as Johnny Utah, you know, it's, it, uh. It's like Troy Bolton. It's like watching the hottest guy in your high school play Sweeney Todd, you know? And you're like, God. <laughs> it's like me watching Tania Campbell play Laurie in Little Women in 8th grade and being like, it's so much hotter because it's Tania Campbell as Laurie in Little Women. It's He's so hot, I want to die. I love him. Do you,
0: are you one of those people that thinks that he hit like a real downturn between the matrix and john wick like are you uh, let me back up are you a john wick fan like how how do you feel about mr wick
2: i like john wick yeah it's good yeah Mm -hmm.
0: does it does it hold a candle to the matrix now that you've seen the genesis of big action movie guns ablaze and keanu
2: um i like john wick better the third one was one of my favorite but i watched it in theaters too the third one was one of my favorite movie going experiences ever was one. It was so fun. Every I mean, people were hooting and hollering. It was I oh, think yeah. at the Burbank AMC, which you know the vibe, like <laughs> Oh no, it was at the Santa Anita AMC. My favorite fucking AMC. It was the the vibes were strong that night
1: in the theater <laughs> for Johnny
2: <Joker laughs> 3. And like people were just like shouting and and like applauding. It was great. It was so fun. I feel like I'm not informed enough about Keanu's about like about that time in Keanu's career because I think about it and like what I have been told is that there was a severe downturn. I'm like, he kind of fell off. And I don't know why. Like, I mean, yeah. I know he has some personal traumas that he is struggling with and it's really hard for him. But I don't know what. I would love to do a deeper dive into that time in Keanu's career because it's like, where did he go? Like, what? He just came back. So, like, like, Lake House was what, 2004, 2005?
0: Uh, I think so, yeah. And then those.
2: he he's suddenly back in like 2018. Or whatever, with John Wick. I remember like 47 Ronin.
0: Did he direct that? Am I remembering that right?
2: No, that movie was directed... I don't think so. I think it was directed by a stunt coordinator from a different movie he was on. Okay. And I I know that he likes to get involved with stunt people and like give them opportunities. Like he was the one who was like, you should direct this movie, you know? I think a similar thing happened with John Wick. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But it's it's like that.
0: Uh, So Aya, you and I are... I I consider myself uh, an appreciator of the science fiction. Uh you hate its fucking guts, but so we much. both agree <laughs> that the lore in the matrix just doesn't hit us. It, it doesn't hit that key in our brains. Um and you know, we can keep having a conversation about that or we could bring in someone that we know.
2: Bring in the expert.
0: Bring in the lore expert, someone who really, really feels the Matrix, and maybe she can convert us, uh, maybe uh, she can tell us how it felt to get her, her precious property ruined by incels and red pillars on Reddit. Uh, here is our conversation with Kelsey, Aya's roommate and Matrix fan. Oh God. Yo, Kels, what's up, dude?
1: Hi. Um, Thank you for
0: listening for the show.
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, uh, resident lore fan here. I'm really glad I listened to the first part of this. Uh, you guys discussing to know how deeply you loathe uh, all the lore of the Matrix. Because I loathe the lore <laughs> of the Matrix. I just don't like to think about my life. Well, see, and you said that. You said that, and nothing makes me happier than thinking about, like, the massive biggest things about the universe and, like, my insignificance, but I know that you kind of touched on that, but also, like, my potential to be the one. Oh, oh my god, god. I'm so happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Give me a hero <laughs> complex any day, folks. god!
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <my laughs> is what you get when god. you get a Virgo
1: on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to speak god. on it.
0: I mean, Kels... I don't know where to even start with <laughs> the matrix. I mean,
2: Kelsey, this is... why don't you Kelsey, why don't <sighs> the... you dive in on basically what Kelsey has been pitching to me as I've not seen the matrix as we have uh experienced a a social uprising, if you will. Why don't you go into how you feel the matrix relates mm-hmm. and then we can go into the
1: devastation of this God, week no. when you learned what the internet has done to what... God, <laughs> the tears that were flowing, I can't <laughs> express to you. Um, yeah, no, well, I just... I think The Matrix is so clearly an anti-capitalist, anti-fascist, like, with environmental commentary, with technological commentary... You look at the representation across the board. There is not a single like macho white man in the movie that isn't a bad guy. Like we were discussing, yeah. like the only other white guy that's in it is Mouse, but like you know, he's a little, just Mouse a doesn't guy. fit. He doesn't. He's a little guy. He's more like a little boy. You know, like he doesn't really fit anything else. And like, so first of all, I'm already touching on it. This movie, if anything, is not made for white men. It's not made for white men. I'm sorry. What? Did we watch the same movie? Anyway, I'll keep getting into that. But no, I just think that... I mean, it ends with a fucking Rage Against the Machine song at the end. What machine do you think we're raging against? Like A lot of white people are very confused about (laughs) this. Why are they so confused? What machine did you think we were talking about? (laughs) It's called Wake Up. Like, I just... (laughs) No, I just think... I think The Matrix is a perfect... like. Metaphor like yes of course like when I So I've watched it way too many times We were watching it and the second Keanu's Like mouth like disappears I just said out loud I said why did I Why was I allowed to watch this as a child I was allowed to watch this before I was Allowed to watch the sex scene in Titanic So I'm not really sure what was going on in my Household <laughs> wow. but definitely This was perfectly fine Uh Yeah not disturbing at all to a Six, seven year old Um, No but I absolutely Loved it I just think that the concept of there's so many things and I touched on it like last time we were talking about it but you know I feel like the the concept of you know Neo being the one how you know the Oracle needs to tell him that he's not the one in order to become who he's supposed to be is similar to one of Aya's favorites uh Thor whenever Thor's mom is saying to him like oh you know uh, whatever, I'm going to butcher the line. Sorry. But basically, don't become who you should be, but just become who you are, and then that's who you're supposed to be, right? My favorite hymnal. Or, yeah, exactly. So it's like, um, you know, for Neo, it's even though he is the one, anytime he's trying to be something he should be, he can't. But the second he lets go and just is who he is, he becomes who he's supposed to be. Um, yeah,
0: it's also like yeah. a, like a manifestation of imagination, mm-hmm. which is like the big thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the lines that Morpheus uh, gave Neo that like hit me, mm-hmm. which is like a very like general like almost hallmark card quality to it. But it's, it's also to kind of the charm of yeah. it, which is like don't think you are. Know no, you, you are.
1: are. So sorry,
0: it goes deal? hard as fuck. <laughs> it's a that's a bar. Well, it's
1: literally. I mean, it is do or do not. There is no try. It's the same fucking vibe that like it's so. And I think for a lot, of, I loved what you guys were saying about the corniness too. It's like, I think what is so good about the Matrix though is, is the dedication from the entire cast in it. And, you know, I, uh, the book that you were talking about, Kevin, like they made the whole cast read that book as well as like three other books, like, going into it. And I remember, I think Carrie Ann Moss was like, it all went over, like, her head. She was like, <laughs> I, no, I'm not catching all this. But, like, Keanu was, like, here for it. Larry, ready to rock. Very. A classic, of course. <laughs> I just love it so much. I just think that there's so much philosophy. Like, yes, there's all this stuff about technology, there's all this stuff about AI. There's all this stuff about living in a simulation. And so that's what I was getting at. I apologize. When I was younger, I'm watching it. I'm feeling behind the back of my head to see if I've got <gasps> a freaking metal, no. you oh know, God. round thing where a tubes coming out to see if I'm plugged in. And just, you know, I, I rewatched it recently and I, I've seen this movie so many times, but I think especially in the context of what's going on in the world today, I was just like, how did all this social commentary go over my head for my entire life until right now that I'm watching it like I always thought that I was a right, I'm gonna I'm gonna use some terminology here that I did not know was co-opted until very recently but I always thought that I was a red pill taker many years ago and then all of a sudden I I was very excited because I was like wow I'm really taking the red pill now folks like I am excited to think about the rabbit hole every day for the rest of my life. Like, let's dig in. There's so much here. Everything is corrupt. Everything's twisted. We need to wake up to what is our reality, which is the desert of the real, baby.
0: Yeah. Like, do you feel that, like, with this current moment, like, we're all trapped indoors uh, amidst crumbling bureaucracy uh, (laughs) that is still enslaving the masses? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is the next wave of the Matrix fanatics now is this movie gonna have like a crazy resurgence, you think? Because like now it feels like more like I, I saw myself in Neo pre red pill so much on this <laughs> viewing where I'm just like, yeah, I'm like asleep at my desk, like listening to Massive Attack every night. Yeah. That's what I do, dude.
1: <laughs> well, I think absolutely. I what I had said to Aya, like when I so I had rewatched it last week and then, you know, watched it again just now with Aya. Um but I had said to her, I was like, I feel like this is the movie for the moment. This is the movie for the moment. Like, truly is what it felt like to me. And yes, I know there's a lot of movies for the moment. But like, for me personally, all of a sudden I'm rewatching this and it just feels so right. I mean, it's an it's an incredibly socialist movie. So I feel like a lot of, you know, Neo, what is it that Trinity says to him? She's like, you know, you know the, you know the question just as I did. Like... It, she's talking about basically like a question is plaguing his mind and I think that that's a lot of the space that we're in and of course we're all in quarantine at home with only our thoughts (laughs) right (laughs) oh no not not them (laughs) not them again but you know we're all thinking about and uh, assessing a lot of the injustices in the world and just realizing just how just how deep that's I feel like that's what's different now is that a lot of uh, I'll speak to my my lovely uh white community <laughs> waking up and realizing just how deep the rabbit hole goes, just how deep all of this stems, and how ingrained it we all are in in this fucking simulation, to be honest. And so, uh yeah, before I made some unfortunate discoveries, I was like, yes, this is the movie for the moment, and but I do stand by I think you're right, Kevin. I think that I think at least it should I think this movie should have a resurgence. I mean, was it Lana or Lily? Whoever said fuck both of you on Twitter. God bless!
2: <laughs> but, you know, she was just
1: like, fuck that. This movie, and, you know, this movie isn't theirs. It doesn't belong to them. Nope. This movie belongs to the rest of us, to be honest. Imagine being fucking Ivanka Trump <laughs> and thinking, oh, I've
2: taken the red pill. Like, that's, it's 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 so, I feel like it just speaks to how un. Hinged. unhinged people can be unhinged
0: yeah it's it's pretty demented but i think it's also kind of like one of the inherent dangers of making like of making the matrix the way the wachowskis made it mm-hmm. you know where this is i mean for 1999 uh this is a, a type of like radicalizing blockbuster that feels so uh foreign to mm-hmm. our current idea of what a blockbuster is where it's mm-hmm. We 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 took the idea of the chosen one, but none of like sort of the weight that go that the Matrix spends so much time attributing to what that position means. And I think like honestly, the weirdest thing to me is that I feel like the the closest corollary we have right now to the Matrix in terms of being like an almost like revolutionary step forward for, for filmmaking is fucking uh, uh Spider Verse. Like, there's something very similar in those two movies. And they basically have the same ending. And I think Spider-Verse is very much more pointed in looking at brown kids and going, yo, this is not just for, like, leather jackets and, like, sunglasses. This is, like, the kids from the, the barrio. This is the kids from the Bronx. Like, this is you, too. Like, I know that you don't see the city as, like, big and gray. Like, you have your corners. Guess what? You can, st- there are still heroes needed on I'm those corners. Cry, you can That's still so be spiders. that hero. <laughs> and it's like, it has, it has the, the same exact fucking Matrix feeling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, The Matrix, like, it, it did so much good. Because God. it's like, but at the same time, though, The Matrix, when I think about it right now, it feels less like a movie and more like, like, uh, like Ten Commandments, you know? Like, there's something about I it that agree. feels like, a, a like a an unrolled scroll where it's yeah. just okay this is what this movie is trying to tell me this is what it is f- like f- fully about and i think it's using lore in a kind of interesting way where it's like if you can invest enough into the rules and the fantasies of the matrix that exact same thought process that we just took you through with our film is just as applicable to your everyday life like it's and i mean that's i mean that's obviously the function of every allegory but there's something so much more pointed in how the matrix wants to radicalize you and how Mm -hmm. it wants to be a radical piece of art yeah and with that of course comes the function of fascism which fascism is so easily spread because it is so broad and it is so general and fascists can basically ascribe a fascist agenda to most Western narratives. <laughs> like that's sort of the power that they have is that most narratives can very easily be bent into a worldview that, uh, uh, justifies, uh, that toxic poisonous, uh, evil thinking. And I think with the matrix being such like a fucking tome, uh, we have seen in recent years that it is kind of suffered the same fate as many philosophies and religions. Like the matrix is bigger than a movie. It is like a way of thought. Yep. And when you have something like that, yeah. Yeah. Meet the That's incels, posted. baby. <laughs> yeah. Kelsey, how many years old were you when you figured out that red pilling was a giant incel MRA, uh, popular term?
1: Uh, uh, yes, Kevin, I was about, um, uh, 25 years old, uh, there we go. There and, we go. uh, and whatever, you three know, three days ago, three oh. days ago, approximately, um, and sitting on the same floor the where I am right
0: life. now. Oh my God. Kelsey. You no, it's not just that life. she
2: didn't know about the red pilling stuff. Kelsey had to then ask me when I told her incels and like right-wing people, blah, blah, blah. Kelsey then looked me in the eye and she said, what's an incel? And I said, I really don't want to tell you. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Uh, oh, I have God. a picture of myself that I took of myself uh, sobbing um, while I was reading the Wikipedia page on what an incel was. Um, yeah. And the, uh, I have never looked more miserable, I think, in my entire life than what I was are- reading that um for a lot of reasons, I just really quickly you said something about like uh, totally back a couple topics, just about the lore and like I do read the Matrix as more of a philosophical statement and and journey rather than even a movie. And I think Lord of the Rings is a similar way where you have to buy into the lore to get anything out of it. And I think Matrix is yeah. a similar way. So if lore is not your thing, I totally get not buying into it. But if you decide that you're going to buy into it for a second, it's going to say a lot of things. Um. But yeah, that being said, incels upset me for a lot of reasons. I uh, mean,
0: well, well, can well, we agree? We agree? <laughs> I mean, we can a thousand percent agree. Uh, fuck them all into the ground. Evil. Uh, Kels... Hmm. I'm very curious. Why did this affect you so much?
1: Um, So like I said, I went to go, I rewatched The Matrix like a week ago. I was sitting there every day thinking about the rabbit hole and how excited I was to like, even though I'm discovering all these terrible, terrible things about the world and the world that I thought that I lived in. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, this just keeps getting deeper and deeper. I just kept Morpheus's line, just kept repeating to myself over and over again. Um, And I thought it would be a really nice thing to just post that picture of Morpheus saying that line on my Instagram. And I was like, wow, I can't wait to think about this every day for the rest of my life. And Aya screeches from the other room. She said, you have to take that down. And I came out so exasperated. And I said, "What? Why? Because? How could that possibly? How could it possibly be an issue?"
0: To, to clarify, Kelsey posted the "Choose the Red Pill" uh, or the "Blue Pill" uh, sh- shot and, like, caption and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, with his whole line of "You take the blue pill, you wake or you know wake up back home, believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, uh, you keep tumbling down the rabbit hole." And I just show you just how far it goes. And then his line afterwards is, "Of course." <clears throat> All I offer you is the truth, nothing more. Right? Because, of course, that's what we're all doing. We're all, it's not pretty. It's not pretty, but it's the fucking truth. So let's go. Um, yeah, so I was very exasperated and I plopped down on the floor and I was like, can you please explain to me why this is at all a problem? And I was just so heartbroken to hear that evil white men had taken yet another thing that does not belong to them does not belong to them it does not mm-hmm. belong to fascists capitalists or white people it doesn't I'm sorry like it just for all the reasons I mentioned before <laughs> but it just doesn't belong to them and they've just completely warped something that and you know and I think it was Lana who tweeted fuck both of you but you know she was just like it's just Getting exasperated, I just—I I can't even—I don't even know how to speak. Um, it's something that clearly has
2: meant a lot to you and has been a guiding yeah. light to you personally even yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: in this, especially in this time, mm-hmm. and to discover that the worst people in the entire world—the worst
1: people—have made it their credence. Yeah. No, it has a. The Matrix has a lot of sentimental value to me personally, um, as well as you know. I think that it's just it should be the movie for the times, and um, and I think it should be respected for the philosophical radical moment that it was in 1999, and what the Wachowskis did with it, and um, and yeah, I just felt like I was as I was sitting reading the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page, I was just so you know reading about the black pill theory. And I'm just sitting there like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't actually make any sense because I'm like, how could you watch this whole movie? I said to Aya, I was like, did they watch the same movie that we watched? Because I don't think so. Because they must have just ignored half of the dialogue. Like half of our beautiful, corny, you know, lovely dialogue that's delivered so wholeheartedly by Keanu and Larry. But they must have just completely ignored half of it because... How could you ever interpret that I think it's a very straightforward film. Like how could you ever interpret it as anything other than what, you know, the director's intended? And um yeah. And just, I'm sure there's like
0: yeah. very earnest uh and deeply seated evil uh interpretation of the matrix mm-hmm. as like a oh my god, my mm-hmm. eyes are open. I really do deserve pussy. Uh, (laughs) like you could
1: well maybe there maybe
0: there are some people that really think that way but I think a lot of it is willful manipulation of the text
1: 100% well where have we seen that before folks (laughs) oh (laughs) shocking! Um, no but I do think like you know we were like 30 minutes in and I was like okay you know maybe if I had only watched up until this point of the movie and then just kind of surface level absorbed the movie from there on out I could understand how You would think taking the red pill, I understand that, you know, the idea, and again, because I'm watching this with much different eyes nowadays than I was when I was a child. And, you know, I could see how taking the red pill feels like, okay, let's learn about conspiracy theories. All the conspiracy theories are true. That's the real world. I I understand that leap. But to take it that step further into pure evil, um... (laughs) Basically, uh, yeah, no, I think I think you're right, Kevin. I think it's just willful manipulation in the text. But I just think to watch it and not know and appreciate all those other deeper meanings that come with it is just ludicrous. It's just, how could you? They I just mean, don't want to watch it. They just don't want to dig in. It all just comes back to Kelsey's making
2: some points that prove the conceit of this podcast yeah. <laughs> that men, men don't know how to watch movies. And that a lot of these films are popular because people willfully ignore the real meaning of it. I mean, I feel like The Matrix is a very obvious. But I mean, I know so many people who watch movies and they don't. It's, they well, it's they like don't they pick cons- and choose. They don't consider their lives afterwards. They're not like
1: watching oh, this movie and then that's thinking, insane. "How can I apply this to my life?" They're watching a movie and they're like,
2: "That was fun,"
1: and then they move fun. on. Like I think, yeah, when we were talking about it last time, I was on and talking about the Matrix. Um, but you know, it's like uh, people get all excited about you know Neo dodging bullets, Sick. and I'm like. First of all... Honestly, fucking cool. Fucking amazing. I dressed up as Trinity for Halloween and my caption was, Dodge this. Of course it was, obviously. (laughs) Um, But, uh, no, but I'm just like, yes, all that stuff is good and wonderful and fun, but how could you... I don't know. I think a lot of men like to pick and choose what they hear in conversation just as much as they like to do it when they watch movies. And that's all this seems to me. Uh, it really is, Speaking though.
0: those facts. It really uh, is you know, the, the
1: end game. <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: I guess the big question that I really have for you now, that like, you're a couple of days removed from basically uh, being introduced to one of the grossest facets of American life possible. Yep. One um, of the most
1: traumatic moments of my life. Yeah. hmm
0: How are you thinking about moving forward? Do you think there's ever a chance of reclamation of the red pill or do you think mm-hmm. that like is it possible that the Matrix is by its very virtue of being so broad and so philosophical that it may it's it's past the point of being reclaimed as what it once was. This is a film that was meant to be interpreted meant to be kind of manhandled and like taken and, and attributed to people's lives. What what do you think? Like, is there a chance to reclaim red pills?
1: I think so, and that might just be that I'm an optimist. But you know, when we were watching it uh, the other night or last night, time is irrelevant. I have no idea. Um, but when we were watching when we were watching it after me learning this information, I was just like, screw that, because I I really think that all movies, truly, especially the big, bad, bold, epic blockbusters like The Matrix. Because of the nature of their virtue, like you said. It's because this is such a deeper... Like, I think, you know, a hundred years from now, when people have forgotten about the tweets, hopefully a certain group of people don't really exist anymore, someone could pick up and watch The Matrix, and they would interpret it, I think, the way that it's meant to be interpreted. Um, I I think it's bigger than all of this, because it is so steeped in so much philosophy and you know you mentioned <laughs> biblical references I mean his ship is called the Nebuchadnezzar so like <laughs> let's talk about that for a second um but uh but no I just th- I think that it's steeped in so much uh so much that's bigger than us and you know it reminds Aya of space but it but reminds it reminds it's, her of space, space because it's so because big it's so broad it's so big it's so broad it's so deep and it has so many facets and you know and like Lord of the Rings where it touches on so many universal topics and um you know and it is a very it's very much a moment for 1999 um you know in a lot of ways and uh yeah I just think it's I think it's bigger than them I think it's bigger than the incels I think it's bigger than the alt-right I think it's bigger than us I think it's bigger than socialism I think it's bigger than anti-fascism I think it just has so many things worth reclaiming that it just inherently will be
2: I think that's true. I also feel like it's like simultaneously so much bigger, but I also feel like it's very specific. Hmm. And I think that the Wachowski sisters coming out as trans has begun the process of of reclaiming it. I think because so. Because that re- like I feel like we're mm-hmm. all saying, like, yes, it's a very broad film. Like, it's very much, like, it's understandable why people would watch this and be like, I can make this about my life. You make anything about your life. It's, it is but also it so is specific. it is so yeah. specific, mm-hmm. especially yeah. now that the Wachowski sisters yeah. have come out. Yeah. Because it's like, they're like, no, no, no. This was our movie that we yes. made. Yes. It's like, so them. Women. It's so them. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like, I feel like that's a really good starting point. Yeah. Of, of, of making it, like, you can't fucking have this. Yeah.
1: This is about an like an experience mm-hmm. of marginalized community. Exactly, and you are not marginalized. Exactly, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it, it is a movie for the oppressed. It is a movie for the marginalized. And I think
0: that's, switch that's the switch was supposed the big to be two a,
1: different people. Oops, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> that's a, studio. It's big
0: charm of like the the Wachowskis' filmography is that yeah. I, they are dealing with a lot of sort of general ideas, mm-hmm. but the emotional core the yeah. uh, emotional intelligence yeah. that they specifically bring to every piece that is the guiding like that's the North Star mm-hmm. of where they want you as a viewer to take these ideas yeah like as as they're not exactly objective blank statements yeah. they are very pointed in how people treat each other in these films yeah. in w- the which specific issues they bring up and yeah I know I think you're totally right I think the last few years has already like shifted the entire critical vanguard of how people view the Wachowskis films. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are so many much more rich and sort of magnificent readings of those films. Now that hopefully they've, I don't know, like now that they are there themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot. It's, I'm very excited about the discussions about, the Wachowskis moving forward, yeah. and I think like the the thinking and writing on them has really only begun. Yeah, you guys are right.
1: No, well, yeah, no, I I think that's really astute though. That, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Classic, <laughs> but um, but no, I think you're very astute. That I think that there are a lot of you know there are a lot of films that do blanket philosophy and talk about things like the one, etc. But what the Wachowskis bring so specifically into this movie and when we were watching it last night like it it was hitting me just how much of them the two of them is embedded in this film um and i think the specificity also like not only will the overarching philosophy of the movie be able to reclaim it for itself but because they're such badass awesome people and it's just so them it's just so clearly them
0: I, we had that conversation with Kelsey, and I think a big thing that we kind of, at least that I learned from it, was that for The Matrix to work, and for a lot of these big, sort of fantastical properties to work, you need to accept, you need to bring a ticket to ride. Like, you need to come with an intention to get on board with it. Uh, and I think Kelsey taught me a lot about that movie. I am very curious, Miss Layman. Yeah. We're talking a lot about big ideas of The Matrix.
2: Big old ideas
0: are there any nitty gritty moments or things about this movie that you liked? Cause I know you, this was like a tough watch for you. (laughs) You didn't really enjoy watching this film.
2: (laughs) Every text
0: I got from you was pure anguish.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's not even like, I feel like when we were watching Blade Runner, it was like, fuck this, like end this movie. I hate this movie. I want it to be over. This is so fucking boring. This was true anguish. Like, it's like it was like going on a hike like it was like <laughs> it was really hard for me. it's like so dumb it was just like i was watching it and i was just kind of like i can't do this anymore <laughs> as i mentioned I had to unfollow Nass on Instagram because it was making me too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the nitty gritty of the, the Matrix. Like, there are I love Hugo Weaving so much. We love Elrond. Oh my god, we stand. He's so good in this. I love him. Kelsey kept saying when we were watching Lord of the Rings together, she kept be like Mister Anderson, and I was like what? And now I'm like, oh, I love it. Um, I love Lawrence Fishman, he's so good. We stand Ms. Carrie Ann Moss. Even though another hard part about this movie for me was, was leaping the Memento barrier. Because I only know her as the bitch wife from Memento.
0: Oh shit, she is in that movie.
2: And I because I was like, why do I know this face? And I was like, oh no. So a lot of that was like, because that movie is a very visceral film. I'm sorry I am a little Christopher Nolan fanboy and I'm not gonna apologize. Um uh, that movie's so visceral that you see her and you feel a rage when you see her, and that was a, it was ju- it was just a it was just a barrier to entry, but I I leapt over it and I love me some Trinity, she's great. Oh wait. We didn't even uh, talk about the... Uh, she doesn't want to... Kelsey's still here. She doesn't want to talk about it, but it's. I've got to talk about it. The fucking worst part... Oh my god. So I'm already having an existential crisis watching this movie. I am I am physically fighting my way to the end. I had to stop watching the matrix. This was making me do crazy. And then her... Trinity, this fab woman. I love Trinity. She is great. She says, dodge this. She is awesome. Her big secret, spoiler alert for The Matrix, and I was screaming at Kelsey. I was like, tell me what her secret is. (laughs) I I was worried it would be revealed in the second or third film, which I I just will not watch. Unless I have to watch them to understand The Matrix 4, starring Jonathan Groff, which I will be watching. He and Keanu have similar energies, and we will go into that later, Mm. personally. Mm. (laughs) Anyways... Her big secret, I literally can't even look at a person right now. I have to look into deep space. Is that her big secret? That the the Oracle, oh my God, wait, let me just say, I love the Oracle. I was telling Kelsey, I was like, in this universe, I'm the Oracle. That's me. I am chilling in the Matrix straight chilling but I know everything but I am straight chilling in the Matrix and I'm just like hanging out in my gorgeous apartment anyways the Oracle has told her that the reason she knows Neo will not die is because oh but the Oracle told me I'm going to fall in love oh my, gag me like I get it I get it like she's been she's been watching Kelsey explains to me she's been watching him for a long time like you develop feelings like maybe I, I, if I was watching Keanu Reeves for like a very long time and paying attention close attention to do his movements I would probably fall in love too but it just made me crazy like I was screaming truly screaming. it's like the, the, the main like the huge climax of this film and I'm screaming that it her, sounds a lot
0: like the worst moment of your king Christopher Nolan's interstellar
2: <laughs> it's the it's the worst moment of interstellar it is the the kicker of every film when you realize that it's the kicker of fucking no shade, Kelsey. Don't get mad at me. Of the of the last no, the last Jedi, when like they smooch
1: and you're just like, what is happening? The Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. Okay, I was like, I don't like the last <laughs> Jedi. Like, what are you talking about? about. <laughs> In Rise of
2: Skywalker, when they smooch and you're just kind of like,
1: I can't, I can't. I have
2: thoughts on that, but we don't want to discuss. I mean, I'm into it. It's obviously I want to watch Adam Driver kiss anybody but like literally like it was just like
1: my whole body being like what? <laughs> can I can I say something about the Trinity? To speak on you know, it. Uh, I will say so I consider The Matrix a 10 out of 10 movie I do give it a 9.9 9 out of 10 um, purely for that last moment uh, which is not even a good kiss either personally No! He's dead! Well, no, it's not dead, <laughs> oh, but, no, but no, no, he, comes no, he comes back. Um, it's hot because it's Keanu, I'll no, say that. <laughs> like, I did say to Aya, like, yes, Trinity's been watching Neo for forever, so of course she's in love with him. We don't blame... I don't dislike the idea that Trinity falls in love with Neo. I don't dislike the idea that she falls in love with The One. I don't dislike that. What I Who dislike would? is that that revelation is what brings him back from that is what inspires him to believe in himself to be the one like I want like I don't actually have like a a, an idea necessary now I'm thinking about it a lot but now I want to find a better script way solution to have him believe in himself to be the one but I want it to be a moment that he comes to on his own like I didn't want an outside force and let alone the stupidest fucking yeah. moment. You're like, it, yes, I then, believe in their love. I I think they are good together. I'm all here for it, whatever. But like, I just, that didn't need to be the thing that brings him back from no. the dead. No. No. That's it's crazy like, talk. That's Disney talk. That's what are we Disney talking about? Disney talk. It's like. What am I watching? Morpheus.
2: <laughs> Like Morpheus believed in him. It should have been
1: Morpheus.
2: I mean, even then, like, he already knows he has Morpheus. He has everyone's support. It should have been, like, he doesn't doesn't have Trinity's
1: support. To be honest, she is the only one throughout the whole movie that, like, she doesn't explicitly. I mean, I guess she does, but she's been kind of quiet about it. She mostly just
2: supports Morpheus. She's She's like, supports Morpheus." Morpheus. I did think it was interesting that Morpheus did not die. Because when he was like mm-hmm. maybe about to die, I was like, "I'm gonna vomit all over Joseph Campbell. Like, <laughs> I can't do this." But then he didn't die, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, sick. Okay, we get to keep the mentor. That's fun." Yeah, I get that she's fallen in love with him, but I don't I'll blame her. <laughs> I just don't like when women are just made to be like, "Well, I'm in, I'm in love." With
1: well, her. and that's the thing is, she's so the movie starts with her. The movie starts with yeah. Trinity being a fucking badass. So dumb. she She's so badass the entire time, and so but like also vulnerable. The same, she's so dimensional yes as a character that for then that just you know then hey, it's hey. like but I'm in love with you you're really just ba- like he's oh, gonna yeah. bake your noodle later on is <laughs> <laughs> more happened? no 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 sorry right, okay. I was just quoting the I article was like, and saying that that's what bakes my noodles I was <laughs> so, like two to three <laughs> nah. there's a good sex scene with them in the beginning of two though so we might need to watch that alright I take it back I might have to watch two <laughs> again I
2: will watch them if I have to watch them to understand four starring
1: will. Jonathan Groff
2: I think so that's it that's all i gotta say on that sorry <laughs> oh i like the crew a lot i thought the crew was really good the too crew's the fantastic. crew is great i do love any crew that has like you know kind of like a band of misfits that was great um they're hot everyone in this movie was very hot yes which was exhausting I have even thought... cypher no. i found I Cipher. cypher was i hot. was attracted to cypher <laughs> what the fuck
0: man what that's is... what i said <laughs> Joe like Pantoliano was, is your guy?
2: I feel like was like a very sexy... Well, he's not my guy. I just, There's a sexy energy there.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry about it. I like the bad guy who's pretending to be good. I find that very sexy. Loki's look, my dude. Like,
1: <laughs> look, well... He does I, not have the I same energy as Loki. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Never mind.
0: I, I, I feel it burning in your loins. I, I know. I get it. it. I understand. We'll get to it in just a moment, God but I would be very remiss if I did not vocalize my primary grievance with the war.
2: Air your gr- I, air the grievance, Kevin. It's it's Festivus. Air that grievance.
0: I do not understand the current function of the Matrix oh, in the motion picture, <laughs> The Matrix. I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry. Why it's still a thing.
2: Okay, I if, don't either. Wait. I'm going to be if honest. If the whole
0: idea... Oh, so here's the thing. The whole idea of the Matrix is to get all these pod humans mentally in a state of comfort of 1999.
2: Okay. All because right. its 2199.
0: is Well, well here's the, the thing. That's mm-hmm. what breaks it. That's what shatters it. I feel like the Matrix makes sense in like 2022. Where it's like, okay... You have a lot of like people that you want to liquefy and turn into jelly for AI civilization. You want to make sure they don't mentally uprise. You want to give them, these 1999 captives, a vision of 1999. When you get to 2199, there's no one from 1999 left. The a- AI won. AI was successful. They killed... Every single human and are now making babies on their own. They're just cropping up those babies like it's no tomorrow. And what I'm curious about at some like I feel like in uh 21 uh 47 maybe you're like I think we can take we can club penguin this shit like we can (laughs) probably take the matrix offline like we're making babies we're we're good we create humans. They have no idea what 1999 is. They don't know what a number is. And so I don't know. I feel like the creation of the Matrix, only, like, having it still be a thing would only empower the babies that they're creating. Why does the Matrix exist still? This is bad farming.
1: I think, if I can interject, I think By all means, you're the expert. I think it's a... Kelsey,
0: Matrix expert, on the mic. Uh,
1: Matrix expert? Uh, Lore expert, uh... (laughs) <laughs> Here I come, in residence, um, by no choice. Uh, I think it is a question of what is the innate nature of a human and a human mind. So no matter, like, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're getting at is that, like, these humans are vegetables, right? They are essentially vegetables. There is nothing more about them that no one, none of them remember what life was like. So, like, there is nothing for them... To cling to, so why I need the Matrix? But I think that that's what Hugo Weaving, you know, what Agent Smith is getting into when he's talking about humanity being a virus. And like he did, they did create a club penguin scenario, but the human minds, <laughs> the human minds inherently, I think what he's trying to get at is that no matter how long they've been doing this for, no matter if it was 2047, that like the human not, human mind inherently did not want to accept something that was So perfect that was so simple. They wanted all the complexities of life in 1999, or just life in general.
0: I guess that's the thing that confuses me, though, is that why give these human minds either of those scenarios? Like the perfection makes like not giving them like a perfect brain. So Malcolm makes sense for like the 1999 till let's say people die by 2097. You Mm -hmm. know, like let's give it that time frame. Of every person that was still alive in 1999, dead, done, Mm -hmm. Zippo. By the time you get into like the 2100s, I, it's just meat at that point. Like why keep stimulating the mind?
1: But I think that that's the whole thing about the matrix is like when they, when they say that you can die in the matrix and your body will die there, it's because the body cannot live without the mind. And that's the whole Mm, point is that the bodies, the crops and themselves will just die if the mind is not stimulated. That's the whole. That's the whole point. Okay. That's why they and they, they, have and to they keep found it.
0: that 1999 was like the most numbing year, where it's like we'll keep them in that one. Well, <laughs> I think it perfect. was. I think
1: it was also like. I mean, I guess I wouldn't need to like think about that or read about that more, but my impression was that like, oh, I guess he says in the early, like early 2000s is when we discovered AI. It was like kind of like 1999 was the last time before um, AI. So like, yeah. so that's why. So Kevin, what you're getting at is like, why give them this time where like. They can rise up, but it's like nineteen ninety-nine was the last moment before they even were exposed to AI. So like therefore the human crops that are in the Matrix aren't even thinking about AI because they're that's the last time they're not exposed they to it. They don't even know it exists. They don't even know it gotcha. exists. You know, so like to, to, Neo to knows it exists juice, because he's you on need the mind to be working. Exactly. You, and that's okay. it. That's why we lose switch. Uh we lose Apoc switch <sighs> in my favorite my favorite line the entire time. Not like this. Not like this. Not like this. I will say I
2: have been silent for the last two minutes because um, my brain stopped (laughs) practicing. She can't. She can't do
1: it. She won't.
0: Brain broke. Uh,
2: She won't won't listen to it.
0: Let's reactivate your cables, the bolt in the back of your head, Layman.
2: Plug it
1: in.
0: We're plugged in. Kelsey's joining us. Who is the hottest of the flick?
2: (laughs) Do I have to say it? I
0: mean, <laughs> I mean, do we make this interesting? Is it who is the hottest of the flick? That's not Keanu Reeves.
2: Mm. I mean, I guess we could. I it's suppose obvious that, makes that sense. it's Mr. I Reeves. Mean, it's Keanu, like by an, by
1: a by mile a and a half, mile half. You know,
2: I mean, it's cute. Ke- I can't even. I can't even talk about him anymore. I won't. Except I will. We can talk about Nancy Myers. I didn't bring her up earlier, but I oh need to my talk about her. Later. God. Anyways. It's our longest episode. (laughs) This is our longest episode. Not Keanu? Not Keanu. I think it's be Switch. (laughs) Switch. Switch Switch is hot. Switch is hot.
0: Declare it. I'm very attracted
2: to Larry
1: Fishburne. (laughs) Which I I think would be a hot take. I love
2: his mouth so much. I love watching him say words. Yeah, it's it's very sexy. mesmerizing. It's really mesmerizing. Yeah. His gap in his tooth. I literally explained to Kelsey, I was like, he doesn't even fully close his lips when he speaks, and she was like, wow, he doesn't. Um, Switch is deeply hot to me. Switches um, Switch outfits. The, I mean, like, Bando outfits. with like the very suit, good. very hot. I mean, the crew, like in general, like their energy is very hot. I mean, what's his name? Tank Tank is hot. Tank. Wait, like, what's Tank's brother's name? Uh, Dozer. Dozer. Dozer deserves more screen time. Actually, I think Dozer's the hottest. I think Dozer's, Dozer's so hot. hot, and I think it's even hotter if he doesn't have screen time because you're always like, "Well, wait, let me see him." Um, um it's the I, whole crew. Yeah, the whole crew
1: is my answer. Like they all together, the especially is hot. The whole crew is an ensemble. I would have to agree. Uh, when I was uh, very young, I had a crush on Mouse and uh also a crush on switch cuz mouse i see like young me
2: i'm i see yeah. mouse and i'm like young yeah. me would have been so into you i mean current me is yeah. a little bit into it too everybody's into mouse, everybody's into
1: mouse. also kevin he's in he's a Attack of the Clones. You want to buy some dust Sticks? I don't want to sell you dust Sticks. <laughs> I didn't even notice. That's I've, crazy. I've never seen Attack of the Clones. Hasn't seen seen that she hasn't seen one. So. It doesn't work. She missed the uh, Attack
0: of the Clones fucking slaps. It's great. It's
1: my favorite. <laughs> but um, well, no, Revenge of the We won't get into it. We, won't to um, right now. <laughs> we can't go there. Um, uh, but then, yeah, I think as I get older, it's, I mean, Neo obviously. Uh, uh, Trinity. Trinity's very hot. Trinity. And tank was hitting real hard this round. Tank looked so good. And his lines, like his delivery on a lot of stuff, not very solid. But man, I could just watch it all day long. He's really, like his mouth is so like, cute. Oh, his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Larry Fishburne for me walks He's away best. with this motherfucker. Just I mean takes the whole speak. thing, puts it in a burlap sack, mm-hmm. walks down the freeway alone. Love it. Yeah. Love it.
1: Yeah, Ooh. the whole crew. The whole crew. The whole crew. The whole crew minus Cypher, but I think I would disagree. Even Cypher, I'm into
2: it. I'm into it. No one in this movie, though, unfortunately. And they get close. So I'm getting close. No one tells Mr. Reeks <laughs> Can't touch him. Oh can't touch Keanu in this movie. You can't touch him. It's not Keanu's... Oh my God. <laughs> it's not Keanu's hottest role. Him in that... Hoyt black tea at the very end though like when he's fighting um the long sleeve the long agent Smith the long sleeve it's so tight it really is doing the lord's work it's doing god's good graces and this is not his hottest uh, film though (laughs) it's not it's not i think okay i actually i'm not kidding and this will aya drop Layman. on this will drop on maybe saturday or sunday so this will be in the past but tomorrow friday i am going to watch <laughs> i'm going to watch point break and speed back to back so i can decide what his hottest role is because it's between those two for me i'm eu- i'm euthanizing
0: this episode I'm we a talk tar- about the matrix <laughs> this was an episode of aya versus the big boys. My plug Aya. for the week.
2: My plug for the week is my yep. friend Rebecca Langles man's bracket, which I will post along with this episode. That's it. That's literally it. It's good.
0: Incredible. Wow. And Kelsey, do you want us to find you online?
1: What do you mean? Like, what's your? <laughs> do you oh, name? have
0: anything to plug?
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. I have an Instagram. But she has it. a short film. Oh, <gasps> that's so sweet. Yes, that's I good. do. It is in my. Uh, I have a short film that I wrote and directed uh, that came out last year and just finished it. It's festival run. Um, and it is linked in my Instagram bio.
2: Kelsey, IE, Adams, 65. Wow, she knew it.
0: That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. That's the one. One. You can find our shit at Mariguron Magazine. We want to thank all the patrons that make this show possible. Oh, man. it Sometimes it feels good to watch a movie. Sometimes it feels bad, but we're going to keep fucking doing it.
2: <laughs> DM <laughs> me if you want to talk about something's got to give. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye-bye. <laughs>
1: Don't be mad, don't be mad at me. No, 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 no. Darling, I can't stop it, even if I want it. Don't be mad, don't be mad at me. No,
0: no, no, no. I miss what you were saying. I was miles away. Don't be mad, don't be mad. Now I got a choice. I was busy thinking about boys.
1: Boys.
0: Boys. I was busy dreaming about boys. I'm a black boy!